very few writers hit the jackpot on the first book they write. But if you do, it's great. But most of us have to do some writing before we get published. It's a good thing to do just for your own mental health, because that first one might never sell. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm so glad to have you here back again to listen to another best-selling published author and to learn a little bit more about the writing craft. So welcome. And before we get started, I just wanted to remind you to visit my website at artbyruth.com and sign up for my newsletter because I give books away every month for my in my monthly newsletter. I update you about what's coming up for me and I have coming up this month. I will be revealing the cover to book four in the Elves of Volgard series. I'll be revealing the cover and the title coming soon. And also my next book, The Doors of Rome, is available for pre-order right now and it's coming out at the end of May. So sign up for my newsletter for more information about my upcoming book projects live Facebook events. Thank you for joining me for my March event to celebrate the release of Peter and the Dragon Forest. Wow, that was so much fun. We had a great time listening to my guest authors, Ora Smith and Kim Hinsey, about their books. We watched an awesome dragon video from Kirk DuPont, the award-winning book cover designer. And also my husband joined me to talk about what it was like to illustrate Peter and the Dragon Forest. So thank you all who joined me. We will be having more live Facebook events where I will be drawing dragons and talking about dragons as the release of my next book, Book 4 in the Elves of Volgard series comes. And I'll also be creating more dragon coloring books. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter for more information about all that great fun. She is a country girl, born and raised on a farm in Kentucky. She's also been writing since the age of 10. Anne Gabhart, the best-selling author, is joining me today on my podcast to talk about her newest book, In the Shadow of the River. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back, relax, as we listen to best-selling author Anne Gabhart talk about her new book. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. We are blessed to be talking with Anne Gaphart about her new book, In the Shadow of the River. Welcome, Anne. It's great to be here. I love talking about writing and books, and it's always fun. Oh, great. Good. Well, why don't you start off telling my listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk about your new book. Okay. I'm actually a farm girl. I grew up on a farm out in the country. I still live on a farm. And so I'm all country all the way. <laughs> I started writing when I was about 10. I had great dreams of being an author. I took a little course in writing once and the last 
assignment was to write an outline for a novel. I hate to do outlines, so I wrote the novel instead. <laughs> In the process, discovered that I love to write a book and not just come up with a new idea every other week, that I have to stay with the characters. Um, In the Shadow of the River is my 37th published book. So I have found a lot of stories along the way. So that's that's always good. Uh, I still live on a farm. I have a couple of dogs that go walking with me. I have nine grandkids that are growing up much too fast. (laughs) And I enjoy riding here on my Kentucky farm. Oh, Kentucky. It sounds so amazing. I've never been to Kentucky. Oh, well, you need to come. I do. And Secretariat is my most favorite racehorse. And so I've always wanted to go see the memorial to Secretariat. He was an amazing racehorse. And the Kentucky Horse Park is a beautiful place to visit. Oh, yes. Now, you said you've been writing since you were 10. Did you, were you inspired by books that you read or a teacher? I'm not sure about that. I just, as soon as I found out someone was, was uh, responsible for the words in those books that I love, that's all I've ever wanted to do. I started writing uh, Hardy Boys mystery type books. Only mm-hmm. I was a hearty girl because I loved reading about those mysteries. It was always such fun. Mm-hmm. And so I had one starring myself, a much cuter, smarter, and much less shy girl. And I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> now, were you brave and did you let other people read your early stories? Well, that one I did. I had an aunt that was always sweet and always supportive. And then I had my cousin and sister who were sidekicks in the story. So I'd scribble out a images and then I would read that. And as I got older, I became more of a closet writer because I was just a little farm girl. I didn't and I thought it was too big a dream for me. Sure. And when did you start to seriously think about getting published? Oh, I did that as soon as I got married and I got very young at uh, 17. Ooh, wow. So as soon as I got old enough, I sent off for that little writing course, and I admittedly started writing stories and sending them in. My first book was published in 1978. Wow. Now, that's been a long time ago, so I've been writing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's admirable. When you got that first publishing contract, were you just so thrilled to finally, finally be a professional writer? No. Oh. I think most writers have a hard time actually admitting they're writers. I don't know. There's something about it that you're just almost afraid to tell people you're writing. <laughs> of course, getting one published did make me feel more confident. I had some, <laughs> yeah. some short pieces 
published, but the, the book was a, a big step up. Yeah, I can imagine. How did you feel when you realized people out there, I mean, all over the world now could read your story? How did that make you feel? <laughs> well, the more the merrier. <laughs> I'm always happy to have people read my books. I feel like it's sort of a compliment, you know, that people will pick up your book, spend a few hours with some story that it took a lot more hours for you to write. But it's still a compliment that uh, people will listen or read your stories. I don't know that I thought about that as much until later, after the Internet came around, where sometimes you get contacted by people in other areas. I was going to ask you about that. Do readers contact you to tell you they enjoyed your book? I have some. There's always some people that will make sure they let an author know that they've enjoyed a story. I've had a few people say that I was the very first person or author that they had ever contacted. Uh, it's always fun to hear from readers. And, of course, there's all the reviews that great people will write and mm -hmm. if you're brave enough. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. Well, now, Anne, why don't you tell us about your new book, In the Shadow of the River? In the Shadow of the River is a little bit of a departure for me. All my stories are set in Kentucky. And The Shadow of the River is actually set on the Ohio River, running along the Kentucky border. So I guess it's still sort of in Kentucky. <laughs> it's got a little more suspense in it than most of my books. It's got a mixture of romance and suspense and a lot of history of the showboat era. I was entranced by the showboats uh, when I began researching them. I didn't realize that they were quite as popular as they were in the late 1800s and early 1900s. So it was the eye-opening research for me about how Families could go out on this showboat and maybe stay from March until they ended up in New Orleans in October or November. Wow. And as they went down the river, they just stopped at first one landing and another. They would mm -hmm. play their liope steam organ, and that sound goes all the way across the country. It'll go for miles, they say. And that would draw the people in. They would know that a showboat was at their landing and they would be rushing to the showboat landing so they could get some entertainment that night. I had no idea they could stay on board the boat for that long. Wow. They did. It, it surprised me. Of course, some of them were families. Usually the owner of the showboat would be a family. And they would be actors and uh, performers. Okay. And then they would hire some of the cast. And some of the actors would come back every year to the same showboat and go down the river with the people. And uh, they would have a drama. And then they had some vaudeville-type acts. 
They would even uh, do acrobatics and uh, like rope walking and that sort of thing. A lot of singing and dancing. But it was always a fun show for the people that came. Yeah. What made you want to do your story set along the Ohio River and on a showboat? Well, I intended it set on the Kentucky River. But when I was doing research, I found out that most of the showboats couldn't go up the Kentucky River. At that time, they didn't have the locks and some of the parts of the Kentucky were too uh, shallow for the showboats unless there was a flood. So I decided to let them come down the Ohio River so they could stop on the Kentucky landings. I like to write about Kentucky, since I know more about the weather and the people, and I feel more at home in Kentucky. I just enjoyed the history of, of the showboats, and it was just an idea that I came up with when I saw some pictures of the showboats. Now, why don't you tell us about your characters and the plot of the story? We have, is it Jackie Reed? I say Jay-Z, but Jay-Z. you say Jackie. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure because I like the spelling, J-A-C-C-I. So it's J.C. Reed. Tell us about J.C. Well, at the beginning of the story, J.C. is five years old, and her mother works on a steamship. Uh, her grandfather is a showboat actor. And there's some mystery about uh, J.C.'s past, even at five, and a man is trying to kidnap J.C., and there is a scuffle, and J.C.'s mother gets wounded. And so they escape to the providence of uh, the grandfather's showboat being tied up right next to the steamboat. And that's where J.C. lives then from then on. We stay with J.C. as five years old for several uh, chapters, and then we jump 15 years to when J.C.'s 20, and she's remembering all the sort of mysteries about that night when her mother was so hurt and how she might figure out shadows of her past. In the Shadow of the River is the title, so that makes sense. Now, is there a love interest in this story? <laughs> well, of course, there's always <laughs> romance. Of course, right? <laughs> so tell us about that. Josie is a little slow about uh, realizing this romance. But one of the sons of the owners of the Kingston Floating Palace has been in love with J.C. since she was a little girl. But J.C. thinks of him as a brother, and he's always telling her, no, J.C., I am not your brother. <laughs> and so eventually, uh, in this story, some other girl sort of starts flirting with Gabe, and J.C.'s eyes get sort of open to what she really feels for Gabe. It always happens, huh? Now, well, not always. That's true. That's not always true. But so you said that when you were young, you liked to 
write mysteries a lot like the Hardy Boys. And this story in the Shadow of the River has some mystery. Do you feel that that's you still love to add a little bit of mystery suspense to your stories? I did like putting in a little mystery into my stories. I've actually written three cozy mysteries, uh, the Hidden Springs mysteries, uh, starting out with the murder at the courthouse. Mm. Uh, And I have uh, sort of put in a thread of mystery in several of my other books. This one has a little more than most of my books. Uh, Some of my books are just more historical. Mm while this one does have the suspense and it just has the history of the showboats, mm-hmm. but it's not quite as strong a history as in events. Mm. So it's kind of a blend of your, your love of mystery suspense, historical and romance all in one book. That's incredible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, re- listeners out there, if you are a reader of any of those genres, you get it all in this one story. That's pretty clever. And the, the cover- great thing about my readers is they have followed me through a lot of different types of stories. That's wonderful. I, I think that is so admirable. I really do. And I find that sometimes when I'll post a podcast on my website and interview, uh, some of them get so many hits because the author will have such uh, devoted fans that follow them all over. And that just warms my heart. It really does because I'm pretty new to this. So (laughs) I always admire how readers will contact their authors and follow them through all these different genres that they try. I think that's uh, admirable of readers too. Sometimes some of my readers said, oh, I never write, I'll read a mystery, but then they tried my mysteries and they enjoyed them. Of course, I have others that will only read mysteries. So some of them have tried some of my historical stories. It's just a, uh, I like a good story. So I'm not too picky as long as it's a good story when I'm reading. Sure. Do you find uh, it's important for you to put Christian principles in your stories, no matter what genre you're writing? I do try to do that. Uh, of course, my early books, my, the first two were published in the general market, mm-hmm. and then books published for young adults, mm-hmm. and they were in the general market, coming-of-age type stories. But since I've been published by Revell, all my stories have had a faith thread. Sure. Uh, this one, probably not as much as most. But I enjoy putting that faith journey of my characters in there. And I, I like that readers are okay with that. In fact, they enjoy seeing the Christian uh, part of, the, of a story. Mm, I believe that. I really do. I think it's great to offer any kind of genre, but always have that hope and the faith story, as you call it, uh, for your readers. I think that's great. As Mm -hmm. I said, it's a little different because it has that mystery and suspense. It's more of a, doesn't have as much scripture as I usually put in a book. Sure. But your readers will still be able to see those Christian principles woven throughout. Right. That's great. So 
So imagine, if you will, you have a person in front of you who is saying, you know, and I want to be a writer. What, what would be the tips or advice you would give to this person? Well, the first and foremost, is read what? everything, read, okay, read widely. <laughs> yeah. that, that sort of plants words in your head and how to use them, even when you don't realize it's doing that. And then the second thing with who is going to be reading your writing, right, it's great practice. You know, people don't expect to be a great basketball player without practicing or a great pianist. You've got to practice that putting words together, too. Very few writers hit the jackpot on the first book they write. But if you do, it's great. But most of us have to do some writing before we get published. That's so true. So practice writing and definitely read <laughs> what about a thick skin perseverance perseverance yeah. is a great too so that you won't get discouraged if you do send things out have another story one of the things that i read when i was starting out author that said she wrote a book and at that time you had to send them in to the publishers mm -hmm. so she said by the time it Landed on her doorstep 14 times after being rejected. We had another story ready to go. So that's how you. Exactly. Because they, they tend to ask, what are you working on now? And if you don't have something, that can be an awkward moment of silence. <laughs> you need to have some ideas anyway. Yeah. And when they see that you have three or four projects going, that shows them that you're serious about your craft, that you are a writer and that this is more than just a hobby. You know, you are proactive in it. So definitely have another project that you're working on while you're pitching one. Excellent advice. Well, it's a good thing to do just for your own mental health, because that first one might never sell find a publishing home so if you have another one coming along that you're excited about you don't have to forget the other one but you have more to push out there yeah you're not just staring at the email inbox waiting to hear back <laughs> right it takes a while sometimes that's true and you're busy and you're learning and you're being creative that's so true. I, I give that advice all the time to um, always be writing. Don't worry too much about that story you submitted, whether it's to a publisher, an agent or a contest, you know, just submit it and then get back to writing. So like you said, for your own mental health, you're active and you're busy. So it's, it's good to have a new idea. Sometimes those idea wells will sort of tie up. But that's for reading and maybe going to a museum if you're a historical writer, taking a trip to a new setting, something that will make you have a new idea. Hmm. Good advice. Wise words from author Anne Gaphardt. Thank you so much for joining me today, Anne. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking with you. 
And to learn more about Anne, you can visit her website at annegabhart.com. It's a beautiful website where you can learn about all the books she's written over her career. She has a blog where she blogs about Christian themes and Christian ideas and worship. And you can also sign up for her newsletter at her website to learn more about upcoming projects that she is working on. Wonderful. And again, thank you, Anne. I really love uh, the website, the blog posts that you've done. It's just amazing. Well, I appreciate that. And of course, you can always check out my books at Baker Publishing Company, too. Wow, wasn't that great to listen to Anne talk about her new book set on the Ohio River in 1896 on a showboat. I didn't even know that much about showboats. That's fascinating to learn so much about that culture during that time in our country. And I'm so grateful for Anne and her kind words of encouragement to those of us on this writing journey. So remember, persevere, like Anne said, keep going forward on this writing journey. Try and write something and read something every day to hone that craft. And until next time, God bless.